Welcome to You Uplifted, the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover new ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into our potential and power. My name is Safa and I am your host. I am an intuitive healer as well as a health and wellness life coach and I am so thrilled to be here with you today. Now on our last episode or I should say on my last solo episode we talked a little bit about intuition and how we can use it to better embody our full presence of mind and to really use it as a guide not from an emotional place but from a place of inner knowing to better embody our day-to-day lives. And today, I have the privilege of sharing this interview with you. I sat down with the wonderful Ellen M. Greg. In her own words, Ellen fuels herself with spirit and water, coffee and chocolate. (laughs) As an intuitive healer, she uses that fuel to both support human beings and Mama Earth through transitional seasons using intuitive insight, channeling, and energy healing. I think you'll find this interview very interesting and I hope it is of service to you. So without further ado, here is Ellen. (laughs) Hello, Ellen. How are you doing today? Oh, I am so well. Thank you, Safa. How are you doing today? I am great. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. I can't even tell you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm excited too. I've been looking forward to this all day. So thank you. Me too. And yes, it's my absolute pleasure. Well, I gave a little intro about you at the beginning of the show, but mm-hmm. would you mind giving the listeners just a little bit of a this is me in like short. (laughs) Sure. So in short, I am an intuitive energy healer. And that really summarizes my entire existence, (laughs) personally and professionally. It touches every corner of my life. And I don't know, is there anything else to say about that? I mean, (laughs) well, perhaps this is a little bit easier to get into. As a matter of fact, the last episode that I recorded and shared with everybody, we had just finished talking about intuition and how Mm. to better use it and what a difference it makes for us to acknowledge that there is a very marked distinction between intuition as a guide and an inner knowing, like a true north or a true Mm -hmm. compass that we hold within ourselves that can help us and guide us if we listen openly in an an invulnerable space, right? Mm -hmm. Between that and emotion. So I think a lot of times we have a sense that we hear the word intuitive and it immediately evokes this idea of a person who basically flits around from one point to the other and who doesn't have like a whole lot of grounding or who doesn't really know who they are. But in truth, it's because there's that distinction, right? We talk about intuition and we're speaking of something much greater than just an emotion-based space. So perhaps can you talk a little bit about how your journey into your intuitive healing began? Yeah, absolutely. So It didn't begin until 2007, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And it began uh, with the death of a friend. Mm. I was present when she passed, Um, not in her room with her. She was at a hospice center. I said goodbye to her five minutes before she passed. And when I left the room, a Reiki master entered the room because she was in tremendous pain and they they were doing everything they could to just make her comfortable and within five minutes she passed Mm -hmm. and it was incredibly humbling and striking to me that a woman an energy healer could put her hands on or just above someone and help them to become so at ease that they could release from their physical body, which was racked beyond all comprehension with pain and disease. And so that started that, I call it a defining moment for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
I, it was almost like a put that in the back of my head because there was so much going on in my life. I didn't have time for such things. And then in 2008, I was laid off from a job I'd been in for almost 16 years and I had nothing but time. <laughs> and funny how the universe does that. Funny how the universe does that. And so I, it became, again, an exploration for me of topics I had never even considered before. Mm -hmm. And that included past life regression. Mm. And so I went to a past life regressionist. It ended up being in February of 2009. And when I met this person at the door, he said to me, oh, you're one of the teachers who's going to lead us through the transition. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about, but thank you. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Um, but the thing is that, that it reminded me, going through the whole process, I, well, I discovered that I'd been a healer in multiple lifetimes. Oh, and, wow. and so here was that Reiki thing again. And so in the summer of 2009, I finally had the opportunity to take my first level Reiki practitioner certification yes. class. Yes. And Safa, I am in no way joking when I say it was as though someone blew all the doors off of a building that I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I, I had been very intuitive as a child, I, I, a lot of pre, uh, precognition. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Um, which and it scared me so much, bothered me so much that I shut it down when I was about 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here I am decades later, and I take this class and it was lovely. And oh, and I, I took it honestly, I took to it like a fish to water. It was just, I felt like, oh, yeah, this is where I belong. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all these things were opening and things were happening that I had no frame of reference for. There were no manuals about even my Reiki teacher had not a blessed clue what mm -hmm. to say to me yeah. about these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's continued from there. And it's, it, 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 I would say it, it hasn't stopped. You know, it's, it is perpetual evolution, like more mm. abilities are revealed as time goes on you know i'll find myself in the middle of a session or something and suddenly i'm doing something that i've never done before and i'm like oh well that's cool <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh ellen i can relate so deeply to that and it's funny that you say that because in fact my next question written down here is were you always very connected to the internal knowing <laughs> because <laughs> i mentioned in the last episode that i felt always like i've had a very very finely tuned sense of intuition since i was a little kid but my point was when you're a kid, you don't want to rock the boat. So you kind mm. of stuff the things away and you hide them away and you try to not look like, you know, the weird kid. So I hear you and I completely relate to that. And it's interesting to me because I really do feel a lot of us healers mm -hmm. who are very tapped into intuition and who have this connection to the sacred. We do feel it at a very early age, but become very surrounded by our own stories that ego creates for us in order to protect us and then allow those stories to almost obfuscate our yes. shining light, right? I agree with that. And I, I think too, another aspect of that I know for me personally was the fact that I had no one to, to whom I felt I could speak to about that. Neither mm -hmm. of my parents talked about such things. None of my, no other mentor or teacher in my life spoke of such things. It was yeah. such an anomaly as far mm -hmm. as I was concerned. And, and I, I, I wonder how often that happens too. I'm sure it happens so often. And for me, the other side of the coin, so to speak, for me was that I was in a religious community. That's a very long story, but I'll tell you some <laughs> other time. I was in the religious community. And to me, it was anything that was along those lines was either if it was in the moment and we were all together, mm -hmm. then it was of God or it was not. You know what I mean? It was either yes. very good or very bad. And whenever <laughs> my own intuition kicked in, the way that I kicked in, because it's so connected, so deeply rooted into the sacred feminine, mm -hmm. and because the way that I tend to say things or the way that I tend to embody these things, I do remember moments where the grown up would look at me and almost wonder, oh God, is this child the devil? <laughs> like, what is, 
what is this? Why is she, how does she know this? How is she saying this? Because even in church, you know, like I, I do remember us kids, they used to separate us from the adults. They would sit there and talk about specific things, but the kids were, you know, younger. So they would take us to Bible school or whatever. And we would look at the stories, the more common stories of, you know, David and Goliath and all of that. Well, every now and then I used to sneak out. <laughs> so <laughs> because of course, leave it up to me to be the wild creature, right? So every, every now and then I used to sneak out. And I remember this one time I got on the podium where like all the grownups were mm -hmm. and started channeling, started, started speaking, started being that conduit for the sacred that was coming through. And I stepped off, no memory of what was said, but I do remember my mom came up and said, oh my gosh, that was incredible. And she, she just, I could see it in her face that that had been a moment, but that happened a lot, you know? Oh, wow. And it's one of those things where, where it makes me excited and it makes me happy to remember. And my mom talks about it with a lot of pride and, and makes her feel happy. But I do know that a lot of people were very freaked out by it. And it was something that I almost had to hide for a very long time. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love that you had that positive experience yeah. That, you know what? Because to have that sort of feedback from your mother. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, is that's that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Yeah, it's that connection to the sacred feminine. And I how beautiful that you were able to do that work. Now I know very little about past life regression, mm -hmm. but I've always been very intrigued by it. What can you tell us about that? Yeah. So the thing is hat tip to Oprah, because in the fall of 2008, she had Dr. Brian Weiss on her program. Yeah. And he's like, I would call him the premier past life regressionist here in the US. And so he led her entire audience through a, a very brief, truly, quote unquote, hypnosis, which is more like a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. And then he sourced the audience just to share their experiences. And I was riveted and flabbergasted mm -hmm. because there were a couple things that were coming up. I, from the time I was, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years old, yeah. I had a recurring dream at the same time of the year, every single year. Mm. And it was me as an adult woman running through some sort of a damp tunnel. Mm -hmm. Then I experienced running out of the tunnel and then there was just complete blackness. And I, the thing is I could feel like my heart would be racing and I could feel my fear and it would only, you know, just that once a year would it happen. Yeah. So when I decided that I really needed to do this because that's what it felt like. I, I didn't, I, at the time I was not recognizing it as my spirit guides were very clearly like pushing me, like, you know, all their collective hands in the middle of my back, pushing me towards doing yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found a practitioner here in New Hampshire and went to see him. This is the man who said to me <laughs> that crazy sentence. Yeah. And, and then he led me into this state of hypnosis slash meditation. And the first thing that happened was I found myself in the middle of that dream. Mm. And the thing is, all the, there were so many more details. Mm -hmm. I was running from my father, I realized. Oh, I was wow. running to someone. I was going to meet someone my father did not want me to meet. Yeah. And it was the middle of the night. And when I raced out of the cat, it was a castle that we lived in in Ireland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I raced out of the, the bottom of the castle into the pitch black, I, I don't know if I, what it feels like to me was that. I mistook where I was heading mm -hmm. and I literally ran off a cliff. Oh, wow. And that was the end of that life. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I could not believe that was how that experience began. And 
the thing is, you know, he was then able to back me up and get more information about that lifetime, mm-hmm. which really revealed so much about who I was at that time. Yeah. How, what shaped me, you know what I mean? And, and then there were four other lifetimes within that one hour stretch, five lifetimes that came to light. Wow. And three of them, I was a healer of some mm-hmm. sort. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, again, I had this sense of such deep knowing, I just didn't know where to place it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. What a wild experience. And, you know, interesting because we live in a world where things like this Mm -hmm. seem very much out there, right? Mm -hmm. If I was a person who has never heard about this before sitting in the car listening to this, I might be like, oh my gosh, what sort of craziness is this? (laughs) But I've learned in many, many years of different iterations. So, okay, I'll try to recap for everybody very succinctly and very quickly because it is kind of a lengthy story. My family, we were brought up, my mom was brought up Catholic and then Mm -hmm. I was brought up Baptist, but my mom discovered something within herself that she felt very keenly tuned to. And then speaking with my grandfather, she basically told us, no, we're Jewish. And I was the youngest one in the house. So I was still living at home. My other three brothers had already left. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're a kid, you do as your parents do. So we then became Jewish and and I was in that community for a very long time. It's a very, very small community in Mexico City. And that, Mm -hmm. that also is a very long story in and of itself. But then from there, I also had friends who were Buddhist and then I went to a Christian school while still being Jewish. And then I, and then I came across yoga as an adult and everything just kind of piled together little by little piece by piece for me. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is Mm -hmm. I say all that just to say, I think that the divine is basically does not have any boundaries. It is not kept in it is not kept at bay it is a wild beautiful very free and fluid thing if there's one thing i have learned about it and if there's one thing i have seen in the reflection of it uh in the universe and within ourselves is that it moves constantly and it knows no bounds which means it isn't specifically set in a rigid format it can come in many different ways and so maybe we hear this and we say oh gosh that's terrible or maybe we even feel a little bit scared because when i was young i was even forbidden to meditate even Mm because I was told that I would get possessed if I did that because well that's the information that's out there and that's the perspective that that is around certain things and I understand Mm -hmm. that and I'm not throwing shade or disrespecting anyone I'm just saying sometimes it's good for us to be slightly less rigid in some frames so that we can see the divine moves in so many different ways that we don't even understand or we can't even fully with our human minds form into a sort of solid base, you know, something that we relate to more. So you hear these things and it seems so far out there, but it is so pure and so true and it can help so, so deeply. Yes. And I think that's the thing that I found for me. First of all, I have not had that dream that was literally a nightmare Yeah. since then. Oh, wow. It did not recur. It was like whatever whatever was calling to me from that time was resolved, yeah. you know, and and even finding out about those lifetimes as a healer, I mean, in one of them I was burned at the stake, and oh and the thing is that you know I I can look at that and think, well, geez, you know that pretty much sucks, but at the same time <laughs> I can I can look at it and think what. Well, and yet, what a long way we have come yeah. in the centuries between then and now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, it's 700 years later and we don't any longer burn women at the stake who are midwives, who are healers, who mm-hmm. are herbalists, mm-hmm. you know, who... Uh, who really just tap into that beautiful intuitive knowing, which is simply an extension of our common senses. Yes. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Well, here at least. <laughs> well, Unfortunately, <yeah. laughs> I thought about that. I, I 100% agree with you and I resonate with that so deeply. But yeah, here at least we don't. Well, However, it's funny because we still use our words and our actions and our energetics against it. You know, one of the things that I was discussing on discussing, oh my gosh, discussing <laughs> on the last episode <laughs> was that um, we, we do tend to vilify things mm-hmm. that we don't fully mentally comprehend. And when it comes to intuition, we see it as this thing. As I said, we see it as a deterrent or something that makes us weak because it must mean that all we're doing is being emotional without having any true rational thought, which is not it at all. And then, yeah. And then we also mystify it. Oh, well, if we can't comprehend it, then it must be some sort of mystical thing out there that is supernatural. And it's immediately equated to something negative and evil, right? So we tend to do those things to each other. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. And the thing is, what I find really interesting about that too is that when it comes to intuition, I know it's intuition and I know it's divine guidance Mm -hmm. when there is an absolute absence of emotion attached to it. Isn't that so interesting? Because it really isn't, it is a visceral thing, but it isn't a thing that calls at you from your emotional fears or your wishes or anything that comes from a place of instability. Let's call it that. I love that. Yes. Yes. It is much more deep than that. It is a true North compass is what I usually call it. But I love that you're, that you're putting it in those words. Cause yes, I resonate with that very deeply. Yeah, and I think that's important for people to to know because it's it's one thing that my guides have hammered home to me extensively and still need to do so on occasion (laughs) is that if I'm experiencing something at an emotional level, that's tied to my ego. Yeah. And, you know, they don't like bash me for it or anything it's just like they they point it out it's like Mm -hmm. saying okay ellen you know yes we've talked about this before let's just reiterate here Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yeah you know and it's yeah and and i was like oh my gosh shoot that's right and that's and the thing is part of it is like it's so simple it's just Mm -hmm. so simple and yet as humans we generally like to overcomplicate things. So Yes, yes, yeah. because we want to feel like we're completely in control and that control is non-existent. It's just a facade. It is. It is a complete facade. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, so I love that. I mean, like I said, this may seem a little bit out there for some of us, but I always encourage people and I would encourage the listeners, be open and remember wherever you find the most amount of rigidity or resistance in your life, that's usually a spot where you may need to work on your shadow and it's a spot where you can find a lot of love and presence and compassion so always be open-minded open-hearted and feel each space with your entire being and it guides you you know I hear you talk about past life regression and I go wow what a wonderful opportunity to heal old wounds not just core yes. wounds in this life but in other lives and just heal patterns that might have even been following you from ancestors that you had no idea about we yes. hear about that constantly yeah. yes and the thing is what i will say too is if i had not been guided to have that experience which was so far out of the bounds of anything i had ever considered before because mm. talking about religious backgrounds. I was baptized Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was raised Episcopalian. And so this was just not, it was not part of any dialogue right, right. before, you know. <laughs> However, I, it's, it's remarkable to me how frequently it now comes up in <sighs> discussions or in client sessions. And, and if I did not have that frame of reference, I wouldn't be able to serve those people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's fas- fascinating. It is to me as well. I find that so interesting. And, and core wounding is something that is so near and dear to me and something I try to work on very deeply with my own clients because mm. we don't realize that a lot of times the stories that our ego creates as a way to protect us mm-hmm. have been framed from a place of very deep 
core wounding. You know, the ego felt, oh, this is a threat. We got hurt. This hurts. This is uncomfortable. This is painful. And then creates a very particular story around it that a lot of times keeps us very shackled. It keeps us very enslaved to old things, old patterns, maybe even prevents us from fully stepping into our own truth and our own power of who we can be. And for all we know, we've only gone through those things specifically to help other people around that. Yes, agreed. And the thing is that the the term coloring outside the lines comes to mind Mm. around this because that's what it feels like to me with, and I mean, I have my moments too, where things come up that are new to me. Sure. And, and, you know, I kind of, I give them the side eye, like, yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure about this. And then, you know, something will happen and I'll be like, okay, well, well it's, it's going to be pretty hard now for me to say that that doesn't uh, have some place in my reality. So I guess I better rethink this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that fluidity, you know, it sneaks up before mm-hmm. you even realize it. You've had to shift perspectives and address everything from a different point. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, I feel like that's, that is simply um, to really put it succinctly, our natural state of evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Well, that actually leads me into my next question, which which was going to be, what are the most common misconceptions you have encountered when talking to people about the work you do and about intuition itself? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, that I, that I can identify the winning Powerball numbers. Oh my God, I love that. That's got to be the first one. Yeah, Yeah. good luck, people. Good luck. Um, (laughs) And also that I know everything and that that everything that comes through is going to happen exactly as it's laid out. Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, you know, from an ego perspective, that would be awesome. (laughs) Sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, sure. But but the reality is things like we choose to take a right turn instead of a left turn happens. Yes. yes. Things like we ignore our own sense of self and say yes when we are really meaning no. Yes. I mean, and so I think the biggest misconception about intuition is that somehow it absolves us of personal responsibility and um, it, that it could not be further from the truth. Absolutely. Wow. I'm taking a moment to digest that because it is so, so true and it's so powerful. I think, yes, it's another one of those things that we maybe just try to grasp within the concept of our own control, because it would be great to say, well, if I've got intuition, like you said, then that that Mm -hmm. means that I know what the winning lotto numbers are going to be. And we try to mold it to something that we think would be controllable within our own environment. But there's so much that goes into everything. And we get glimpses, we get connections, we get senses, we know things. A lot of times we bypass the knowing because maybe we're too deeply steeped in fear, or Mm -hmm. perhaps we're just not too far finally tuned to that intuition yet. We haven't done the work yet, or perhaps we just don't want to. And sometimes that's okay too. And then also there's that concept of, uh, to me, I'm sorry, (laughs) I feel like I interrupted you there. No, no, it's okay. (laughs) But there's also that concept of, um, feeling and knowing that we can intuit things that doesn't mean that we're predicting the future there are so many different things and people and moving pieces you know I could come in here and draw my deck you know I've got a beautiful tarot deck at home that I like to work with I can draw from the deck and I can see things that are my attention is being drawn to but that doesn't mean that whatever it is that I see in the cards is written in stone because everything is fluctuating, everything is flowing, everything is moving. And if only one item moves out of the way, it's changed. Exactly. And so even though the outcome may end up in some way as, the, as it's presented, mm-hmm. it may not quite look what we envisioned it yeah. was going to, or we would prefer it's going to, because there are so many moving parts, because nothing on this planet 
involves only us. If that was the case, then it would be so easy to say, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen next. Because, mm-hmm. there's yes. ab- because there would be absolutely no external forces to make it otherwise, right? Yeah. And then there would be no point to free will either. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, you know, let's say somebody calls me and they ask me to uh, do a a medical intuitive scan of them and Mm -hmm. something comes up. And so I, I let them know what, what comes up. And sometimes I'll even be offered possible actions Mm -hmm. that they might be able to take on their own behalf. Yeah. And so, you know, I offer that to them and then they leave the session and it is completely up to them mm-hmm. if they choose to pursue any of those actions, yeah. you know, and it's the same thing with anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, you can come to me specifically only for nutrition. If you don't want to do any of the intuitive work that I do or any of the life coaching and mm-hmm. we do that. And if I give you a, a couple of really good pointers as to how to center and be present with how to nourish yourself in an intuitive way and be mm-hmm. present with it, but you don't really sit down and apply and be present with and work that muscle out almost, so to speak, then it's not going to happen by neat, like by magic, or it's not going right. to happen just, you know, within from one second to the next, you've got to apply. It. It's the same with any aspect of your life, really. It doesn't yes. matter what it is. Yes. And the thing is too, intuition is a truth teller. Mm, and yes. sometimes, sometimes that can be super inconvenient. Yeah. From the ego perspective. <laughs> and then sometimes just downright irritating. <laughs> yes. Or just very, very scary. And sometimes we don't want to see it. You know, we get it and we're like, no, 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 this can't be. I'm going to just give it more time. Give it more time. Let it work out. Let it like. <laughs> Which I get, you know, I do that all the time. I mean, like I said, my intuition has always been very, very sharp ever since Mm -hmm. I was a kid. And when I do listen to it, I'm always like, wow, holy moly. But a lot of times I may not. (laughs) And then I'm just kicking myself later like, oh, I knew. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And because sometimes those nudges don't necessarily make sense to us. If, you know, we, we might we might receive some sort of guidance or a nudge or a, just a knowing about something. And, but if we look around our very human existence, we may not find anything relatable mm-hmm. to anchor it. And so we're like, you know, we'll brush it off. And the yeah. next thing you know, we're basically getting a kick in the butt because <laughs> guess what? Oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So interesting. How, like I said, interesting how the universe likes to work and it sneaks up on you and it kind of giggles, not in a mean way, but just kind of yeah. giggles at us because it's like, well, we did say feel oh, exa- into this space. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have another question for you here and it is, yeah. why do you think that our intuition is so important and how can we use it to further step into our power, specifically as women? Because uh-huh. not to diminish anybody who is not female or does not identify with mm-hmm. female, but I feel the feminine energy carries a lot more just by the nature of it being the feminine energy carries a lot more of that intuitive self than does the sacred male, you know? Yes. So first of all, I feel that by choosing to honor our intuitive knowing, which is a birthright, we're all born with intuitive abilities and intuitive knowing and intuitive sense of ourself. Yes. By honoring that, we are we are actually honoring ourselves and our sense of self, our our sense of purpose, and also honoring the fact that we are powerful women. Mm. And I don't mean powerful as in hand me the crown, you know, where's my throne? I mean, powerful in the sense that we can move through this life with a level of guidance and knowing that will help us steer our life in the ideal direction. Mm -hmm. And 
And again, sometimes it might look a little inconvenient. And as women, I would say, you know, we like things to be convenient. We, yeah. we, we like yeah. things to be kind of, you know, lined up and, you know, very nice. And, and intuition doesn't necessarily make space for that. And at the same time, it will assist us to open ourselves to the possibilities that exist for us that we may have an inkling of. And yet we haven't yet tapped into. And I'm talking both at the spiritual level and at the human level. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's a, there's a word that's very present with me right now about this, and it is wild. Because true feminine nature and true intuition is wild. There is no caging it there is no subduing it there is no pulling it back there it's no obfuscating it it's just mm. pure wild beauty and i love that because that to me is the essence of a woman you know a woman is wild and untamable in a force of nature i i love that so much and what i find fascinating is that as you are saying that I'm being shown Mother Mary. Mm. And I'm like, oh, wow. Isn't that something? Because you can bet. Well, first of all, let's look at that. Yeah. I mean, so this young teenage girl Mm -hmm. has an angel who comes to her and gives her this information. Now she could easily have just blown that off. <laughs> yeah. You know? Instead, she listened to her heart, basically. Yeah. And she followed that wild path because it was a wild path. It was. And she opened up to Grace in such a way that said, wow, no matter what, even though this is the world I reside in, and this very possibly could mean my end. Yes. I am here and I am present and I am open and I will receive this divineness. I will receive this inner knowing and do with it what I will or what I must, you know? Wow, I love that. And I love that that is the image that came through for you just now because, and this may sound so silly, but I just rewatched Elizabeth, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And there is one scene, it's toward the very, very end. She's she's gone through hell and back because Mm. she's had a very rude awakening as to what it is going to be for her to be the queen that she needs to be to lead her people. Mm -hmm. And it's broken her heart and it's broken her spirit. And it's basically left her in a very vulnerable and open space. And she's in this church with one of her advisors and she's looking up at Mary and she is in awe. She can't help but to be in awe, her, the queen, basically (laughs) kneeling down face to the feet of Mother Mary in awe, saying she led them, she inspired them, she brought their hearts to life. She was this light. She was this beacon of amazing power. And I'm very much paraphrasing because I don't remember the specific words, but it's gorgeous. And it gives me chills every single time because it's true. It is that sacred feminine that is so powerful, absolutely so wild, so awe-inspiring that resides within each and every one of us. And I think a lot of times we forget it because we like to, well, not that we like to, as in we enjoy it, but we minimize ourselves because we've been taught to minimize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's actually part of it too, because accepting that very wild, untamed, soul deep part of ourselves Mm -hmm. from where intuition comes and intuition to be clear, comes from our soul and our soul comes from source. Yes. God, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tapping into that is like tapping into everything. Mm -hmm. And it can feel, again, from an ego perspective, it can feel scary because it is, you can feel how much greater it is than our human perspective, 
our very small human scope. Yeah. And, and so it, sometimes for me, it, it's, it, it's almost like a tug of war with myself when I'm expanding, when I'm trying something new or f- sensing something new. Mm-hmm. And it's because I, I have decided somehow that, oh, okay, I must, have, I must have reached that point. So I've reached that perimeter and, okay, well, this feels pretty good. And then suddenly the perimeter is expanding even further. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, can be, it can be a little bit scary because it, uh, it requires more faith. Yeah. And it requires perhaps more strength. And it also requires simply more acceptance mm-hmm. that we are greater than yet again. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Again, I'm just letting that sink in because it's so true and so powerful. And we can become very, very removed from the truth of that. We get so used to living within our own little boxed up world. You know, we don't allow ourselves to remember that we can continuously expand and go further. There's this meditation that I like to do with my clients and my students, where upon I will have them go through a couple of stages of opening up and it starts from the heart center, just almost like as a beam of light and it expands and it expands until it keeps growing basically as big as the universe. And sometimes in that meditation space, I find that emotion of a little bit of resistance and a little bit of fear and a little bit of, but what if I'm not good enough? Or what if I Mm -hmm. can't suffice? That can come up for people a lot of times. And that shows a very deep core wounding and a very deep story. And it's so telling and so healing. But what you're saying is so true because pushing past those boundaries can Mm -hmm. indeed push those triggers a little bit and can push that fear a bit, but can also be so rewarding that to me it's akin to leaving something very oppressive mm-hmm. and walking down this shining i to me anything to do with the wild it's red right so walking down this really <laughs> shining red path mm-hmm. that takes us further into truth and further into spirit and i just love that yeah, I, I love that imagery too so much. And something you said brought this is so interesting that this is coming up. But anyway, I guess, you know, we talked about Mary and now Jesus is coming to mind. Mm. And well, and I think it's because, you know, for anyone who might feel that tapping into our intuitive selves, our intuitive abilities, all that comes with that is coloring outside the lines. I invite you to look at what Jesus did. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Because he colored outside every conceivable human line. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, that's what he was here to do. That's what he was here to show us the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and part of the way he was an energy healer. Yes. He was clairvoyant. Yes. He was claircognizant. He was yes. clairaudient. He was a channel. <laughs> yes. Isn't that so interesting? Oh, I love that. I love that. And yes, I, I can already feel some resistance, <laughs> from, some resistance about that. And it's a whole other conversation that I'm sure we would have to have a whole other show about. But I hope people understand where it is coming from. And <laughs> I apologize, by the way, if you can hear that scratching, my dog is here with me and she's trying Aww. to burrow down to China. She thinks Aww. that she can do it. So <laughs> uh, sorry about that. But yeah, I understand where that fear of, um, again, not understanding things that we are not very, very familiar with already Mm -hmm. comes from because words like claircognizant, clairsentient, clairvoyant can scare Mm -hmm. us. But the truth is, and I said this in the intuition episode, I think that we can all tap into these things because we are all the universe embodied and we can then bring this sanctity forth. And I feel that that's what he did. And that's what Mary did. And there's 
those lines of connection. And it doesn't have to be something scary just because it feels beyond our human understanding. So just because it feels supernatural does not mean it is negative. No. And the thing is, what is supernatural? You know, just to think about the word itself. Mm -hmm. It just means, you know, it's an extension of the natural. It's a greater aspect of the natural. And even the clear abilities, the word clear, its meaning is clear. And I mean, and the purpose of that is it's because it comes from the divine and the divine is clear. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, yep. A hundred percent. And we, we each choose, we all have the ability to choose to listen or not to connect or not, to embody or not, and to do light or dark with, you know, it doesn't necessarily make us a particular way, but we have these choices. We choose and each choice will have a consequence. And that is also very important to know about this. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. How interesting that that came <laughs> forth for both of us. Yeah. And and speaking of kind of taking some of the fear around those words off, I will mm-hmm. also say within my intuition, I have also always felt very clear sentient yes. and clear cognizant. I've, I've had these very clear moments where it's just one of those things where I know I can walk into a room and know sometimes and I can feel those things. And I will say it is to me just another very beautiful connection to the sacred and another opportunity for me to be of service to the people around me and say, Hey, I can feel something is up. Do you need to talk? Do you need a hug? Would you like to just sit here and look at the sunset? I don't know. But I think we all have this ability to be connected to one another through our souls And sometimes we forget that as well, because again, we like to have everything boxed up in little spaces. And sometimes we think the only way to connect to people is through, I don't know, text message or, (laughs) you know, the standard ways. And there's so much more that can go into that. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things too, you know, I'm reminded of the force. <clears throat> I mean, the force from Star Wars. Yes. Which, I talk about that all the time. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's like the perfect example because the force runs around everything and through everything, which means yes. that everything is connected. And I think it's so easy as humans forgetting our spiritual self. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to forget that we are actually connected to everyone and everything. And if we stop to think about it, that would very clearly explain why I'm going to say mostly women have what they call women's intuition. Like they'll know if there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll have a sense that they need to, call a parent or call a friend or mm-hmm. whatever, or avoid a certain area. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that to me is just a beautiful illustration of that very natural function. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with you. And I, I think it's so funny that you say that because I actually quote that movie so much. <laughs> it's, it has, or those movies because it has so much truth. Yes. Yes. Completely agree. And yeah, I agree. We're all connected. What affects me here in Houston affects you where you are and across the globe. We are all connected. We are all affected and we are all in this together, which is just a beautiful, beautiful thing to know as well. And yes, you are right. That women's intuition that just, you hear people say that all the time. Oh, women Mm -hmm. always know. And it's true. It is true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I feel like I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah, I, we share a lot of similar trains of thought. And also, I love that we come to from some different perspectives. That just makes it such a rich conversation to have. Because I feel like, too, that's important for people to know as well when it comes to in- intuition we don't all perceive it the same way because mm-hmm. we aren't the same. 
Yes. Yes. You know, so it, it tends to be very much personalized to our own experiences so that we can actually assimilate it more easily, you know? Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Each of us is individual and it doesn't matter if, if we were twins or triplets, each, every single one is a unique individual and each of us sees the world, perceives the world, understands the world and relates to the world, embodies the world differently, uniquely. Yes. And it's a, that's where a lot of really wonderful magic resides because from that space, then we can share in that with the people around us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, Ellen, <laughs> we're getting close to time. So what I'll do, mm-hmm. uh, we'll ask you a couple of last questions. Sure. What are some tools or some tips that you can recommend for us to further fine tune our intuition or to further recognize it? Okay. So I'm going to walk you through a super simple exercise. Okay. And this is, this is identifying your own personal intuitive yes and intuitive no. This is completely individual to each person. I love it. Okay. And so I'll invite you and hope if you're driving, please wait until you're safely stopped. (laughs) Yes, please. So uh, just take a moment to just take a breath and really allow yourself to be in your body. Be really, really conscious of being in your body. And simply ask silently of your body, what is my intuitive yes? And your body is going to give you a signal. It's going to be a feeling, a sensation somewhere in or on your body. It could be anywhere. And once you feel that, ask this question again, just to validate the sensation. And then ask your body, what is my intuitive no? And again, feel into your body for a sensation. It's going to come from somewhere within your body. And then repeat the question to validate the sensation. And this, I call this an intuitive muscle. This is like a basic intuitive muscle. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we exercise it, the more it's going to show up for us. It'll show up without us even thinking about it. It'll show up in some really fun ways. And it'll show up in some really inconvenient ways. Like when we're looking in the refrigerator and, and thinking, hmm wonder if I'm going to have that chocolate mousse or a handful of grapes. And our intuitive no shows up for the mousse and, sh- and their intuitive yes shows up for the grapes. Or vice versa. You never know. <laughs> and that's the thing. And it, it could, so it could be inconvenient or it could be exactly what you want. <laughs> yes. yes. And so, but it's little things like that. And, and so, and the thing is too, because it is such an internal thing, mm-hmm. It makes it so that it's, it's very private. I mean, we could walk into a room and feel like something's off and actually ask our, our intuitive knowing, uh, is it safe for me to be here? And if your intuitive no shows up, then you find a way to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that. And it's so important because it really can bring us into and out of very particular situations. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be truly used for anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do use it at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I, I use it for everything. Everything. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that's one of the biggest core wounds that I do see when working with women is we're so afraid of food mm-hmm. because we've been taught to be tiny and good and to not take up space. And there's so much core wounding that is around that. That whole thing is like three, four episodes on its own. But we yes. do, yeah, it's like you said, we do relate to food in a, from a very fear-based space. And it's mostly always very emotional. You know, yes. that whole, that whole uh, concept you spoke of, of, well, do I want the chocolate mousse or the grapes? And mm-hmm. sometimes the reason I'm, I like saying, well, sometimes it's the other is because yes. you're really centered into your, your intuition and you really listen. Sometimes the truth of why you're reaching for that mousse could be a really good healing thing for yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could just be you running away from or trying to f- force something else. So it's all a matter of paying attention. The more you fine tune those quote-unquote muscles, the better you will become at distinguishing and the more empowered you you will feel within that intuitive space for sure. Yes. And it's really a way to to get to know ourselves better. And I I so love what you said too. And I'm so glad that you brought up that sometimes there, and yeah, maybe even a lot of the time it's going to be yes to the moose or to the something similar like that, because there is something in that for you, whether it's the experience of it or whatever nutritional value it may have, mm-hmm. there's something in it for you. And the, and the fun thing is to just accept that. Yes. To just let that be. Yes. And because the thing is then that too, it's almost like following a breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is bound to open something else up for us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Hmm. Final, final question for you today, (laughs) because I'm so thoroughly savoring every single thing that we are discussing here today. But what message can you leave the listeners with about how to step into their full potential and how to become uplifted? Stepping into your full potential is allowing yourself to be your true self. And that means allowing yourself every part of you as a part of your experience and knowing that those parts that really don't align with who you are, will sometimes it will seem almost by themselves begin to fall away. Because when we step into being our true selves, it's almost like a, a snake shedding its skin mm-hmm. or peeling off the layers of an onion. Yeah. You know, we start exposing that beautiful core light that we are, and it will support us to want to experience more of that. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it will actually help us to become more uplifted because when we believe in ourselves, when we invest in ourselves in that way, when we say yes to showing up as ourselves, Mm -hmm. we automatically uplift ourselves. And by the way, we then ripple out and uplift everyone around us. Yes. Beautiful, Ellen. Oh, beautiful. Before I let you go, where can the listeners find you? Where can they connect with you? (laughs) The best place to connect with me is through my website. And that is simply ellenmgreg.com. That is my digital home. Yeah. I love it. Oh, Ellen, thank you again so, so very much for everything. It is a joy. And I feel like I say this with the truest of intentions, but I really hope that we can do this again sometime soon because I'm sure there is much more for us to dive into. (laughs) I would love that. And it's been an absolute pleasure for me too. You are such a light in this world, Safa, and such an example of what it is to show up 
as yourself and simply accept and be. And it's, it's beautiful. Oh, Ellen, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, beautiful listeners. I hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed having it. And if you have any questions about intuition or about claircognizance or clairsentience or anything else that you might have heard on the show and you want to reach out to me, please feel free to email me info at nourishingpaths.com. You can also find me on Instagram at nourishing underscore paths. And please don't forget to leave a review for the show and I will see you on the next episode. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. 